You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. So blessed tonight to have with us brother and sister Beak, missionaries to Scotland. They have three daughters, but they only have one with them tonight. The two oldest are with their grandparents, and they're enjoying a few days of being with their grandparents before they go back to Scotland. And uh, brother and sister Beak are great friends of ours, and uh, we we love and appreciate them so much. And uh, they're just great, great people. And uh, I love his vision. I love what God's put into his spirit. On what he's doing for the Lord, and uh, we've been to uh, the church in Scotland a couple times, ministered in their Bible college there, ministered in their church, and uh, God's doing some great things in the church in Scotland. Amen. Sister uh, Beak is going to come first, and, and then she'll introduce her husband. Praise the Lord, everyone. It is good to be here tonight, and... Uh, we don't get too much snow in Scotland, but I was kind of hoping for a white Christmas here in Canada. I know some of you might not have wanted that, <laughs> but it's good to be in from the cold tonight and feel the warmth of each other, but also the presence of the Lord truly is in this place. Uh, special thank you to your pastor and family for making us feel so welcome here and all of you. And uh, we also want to reiterate the thanks for I know Brother Hanscom mentioned your giving to Global Missions. Thank you so much for your sacrificial giving to Global Missions. We also want to say any time that you've given towards ladies' ministries or move the mission, these are different departments that help missionaries out as well. So thank you so much for that. As your pastor mentioned, we do have three girls, Kayla, Alexa, and tonight we have Isla with us. If she's not said hello to you yet, she probably will by the end of service. Um, but God has blessed us with three beautiful girls and uh, they were all born in Scotland. And in case where you're wondering where my accent's from, I was born in Scotland as well. My parents are missionaries, and I was born and raised in Scotland. And uh, just in case uh, you didn't know anything about that part of the world, I'm just going to share a couple facts with you tonight. Uh, some people might, you might already know all of these things, but maybe there's just one thing you can go away with tonight that you didn't know. So Scotland is a part of the United Kingdom. And the United Kingdom consists of four countries, England, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. And all four countries, total population is 68 million people. So on a small island, there's lots and lots of people. And in Scotland, where we live, there are 5 million people. Now, when you think of Scotland, I know there's lots of roots of the Scots over here in New Brunswick. But when you think of Scotland, you might have some different connotations that come to your mind. Uh, we have lots of sheep. There's more sheep than people. So just to give you an idea. <laughs> um, we do eat haggis as our national dish. If you don't know what that is, um, you can Google it later. Um, if you Google it now, I might be able to tell by the look on your face. If you Google it now. It's an interesting dish. Um, I always say it's good in small doses. Um, <laughs> uh, the men do wear kilts for special occasions. It is the home of golf, if that's something that you enjoy doing. And because we're under the United Kingdom, uh, we do have the royal family like yourself here in Canada, which gives lots of castles, lots of history, 
And uh, the castles themselves, a lot of them are ruins. There are some that are still function and operational. And there's also some that you can rent out as an Airbnb. So if that's, again, something you like to do, <laughs> there's that option for you. Now, as most of you know in here, we do speak English as our national language. But from the north of the country all the way to the south of England, to the east and to the west, there is a multitude of accents. You can travel 20 minutes and the accent will change. There'll be different words for things, different slangs, different, yeah, it's a, it's a, it can get quite interesting, let's just put it that way. Um, but what can be interesting as well is we use different words uh, for things from here in Canada. Some of these you might know, uh, chips or crisps and fries or chips. So that can get confusing. Soccer is football. The elevator is a lift. Cookies are biscuits. The trunk of your car is the boot of your car. And the hood of your car is the bonnet of your car. The restroom, or as in Canada, as I've learned, is the washroom. Uh, we just call the whole room the toilet. So <laughs> when my older two girls were little and we were traveling on our first deputation, um, yeah, I got some laughs and some concerned looks from people when I would ask them, have you washed your hands in the toilet? <laughs> so I thought I was being a responsible parent, making sure my, my girl's hands were clean, but clearly that means something different <laughs> over here. But just point of clarification, they did wash their hands in the sink, in the toilet, if that makes sense. <laughs> so that can be a fun one. There are so many more that we can go over. Um, some expressions we like to use. If you're very tired, you might hopefully not be feeling this way tonight. Um, but if you're very tired, you will just say, I'm shattered. So it's a good, <laughs> it's a good one to use. Um, if something is great, it's smashing or it's brilliant. If you're very warm, it's roasting. Or if you're very cold, it's Baltic. And uh, that's in relation to the Baltic Sea, which is a very cold place. So they can be quite exaggerative, you know, very vivid in their imagination. Um, we do drive on the other side of the road, so that can be fun. I'll leave that there. <laughs> and lastly, if you would like to call someone in Scotland, this is a good one. You can keep for April Fools, or if you just want to start using it, it's a good one. In Scotland, if you want to give someone a telephone call, you will just simply say, I'll give you a tinkle. Which again, can mean something, something slightly different. <laughs> So that's a good one. Now, where we live in Glasgow, Scotland, it's a city of over 2 million people, and uh, it has a great accent. It's known as the Glaswegian accent, and it is one of a kind. And if you've ever been to Glasgow, or anywhere in Scotland, really, um, I do slow my accent down when I come here. I know as soon as I set foot back home, it will start to get thicker. Um, but in Glasgow, it's a very unique accent. It's very fast. Lots of slang is used and it can sound like a different language. So I'm going to read you just a small excerpt from when Jesus calls his disciples to be fishers of men. Two things I want to promise you. What I read to you is in English. And the second thing, you can find this in the Bible, I promise you. So see if you can follow along. When Jesus heard that John had been put in jail, he went after Galilee, and from then on he started his preaching, saying, turn for your sins and turn to God. Then one day Jesus was taking a wee dawn along the beach. He saw two brothers, Simon, Peter, and Andy, cast their nets in the water. Come on with me, Jesus said to you, and I'll teach you not to catch fish, but to catch men. Right then, then they left their fishing and went with Jesus. A wee bit further along the beach, Jesus saw two mere brothers, Jimmy and John, mend their nets with their father. Jesus got to the brothers, and at once they left their father and went along with Jesus. I do apologize for our translation team tonight, <laughs> if you weren't able to, to get that. But 
Yes, it can sound like a different language, and um, it's all good, all fun and games. <laughs> Sometimes when people come to our Bible school, teachers included, I don't know if we did this to you, Brother Carter, but we like to send people to the mall across the street from our church. It can get interesting. Um, sometimes like, I don't know if I paid the right amount. I don't know if what I bought. <laughs> but it can be good fun. With us uh, coming to the end of our deputation, we are so thankful that God has done a quick work on our travels. And uh, we will be returning home in Jesus' name by the end of this month. And we are very grateful for that. If there is anything that you would like to do, if you can put that amount slide up. We always say when we're traveling on the road, we never say the amounts that people need to give. The only thing that we say is ask God. Many times in our ministries, in our local church, where we have launched a vision of, of fundraising or anything, we've always said, you need to ask the Lord what I need to give. And without fail, when you have given that amount, God returns it to you. And sometimes we're like, well, God, if I give this, what am I going to get? <laughs> Let's be honest. And sometimes we're like, well, I need to see that exact amount back in my account. And this, you know, sometimes we like to be quite, quite demanding with God. <laughs> but God knows what we have need of. And when we are faithful to him, he is faithful to us. And he, will, he knows what you need. And we believe that tonight. So throughout this service, if you ask the Lord, God, what can I give to help advance the cause of missions around this world? All that we ask of you to do to listen to the voice of God. Throughout history, Scotland has been known for famous inventions, events, and people. It also has a history of revival. All throughout the UK, there is pockets of revivals that took place over time. And one in particular that I would like to talk to you about just for a short time as a testimony was in the Outer Hebrides Islands, which is off the west coast of Scotland. And the area was about 90,000 people on those islands. And it came to a point not that long ago that the church there was just two old ladies, or as we like to say, two wee little old ladies. And they were, they were frustrated. They're, they're praying to God, God, this is not how things should be. It shouldn't just be us two in this church. So they decided and made a commitment to God that they would come to the church building two nights a week and pray with fervency for revival. Pretty fast, that turned into every night they were there praying for God to move in the islands. And because of their prayers, the history books tell us that over 90% of the island had revival. That's a lot of people. And I want to encourage you tonight that I know we are, this is a larger church here, but if ever you're in a point where God, there's a lot more that needs to be done. There's more revival. We sang about it tonight. Revival is coming. And my question to you is, are you ready for it? We sang, like I said, we sang about revival. I know your pastor preaches about revival. And in your prayer time, I'm pretty sure God send revival. We've all prayed that prayer. But when the rubber meets the road, are we ready for whomsoever will that walk through those doors? Imagine if you continue to pray as you pray and seek after God for revival in the St. John area. If 90% of this community came to revival, these walls would not be able to contain it. 
Just think about it. Your pastor can't do that. This pastoral staff cannot do that all by themselves. It's up to you as the individual and the saint of God to be ready to have those connections with people and to be ready for revival. A few years ago, our family was prophesied over and we have clung to this prophecy in everything we do. It was said over our family that as we were finishing our first deputation, the angels were being dispatched and preparing our return. It was Brother Eli Hernandez, and he said that doors would begin to open that we did not work for. And we can stand here today and say and testify that God has done just that. Angels truly prepared the way God has opened doors that we did not see coming. But the scripture that comes to mind is trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lead not to your own understanding. When things don't make sense, when doors start to open in your life that don't make a lick of sense, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't think about it. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he has plans for your life and for your church. We just have to trust and walk in that confidence. And our family does that. We say every day before we walk through the doors of our home, prepare the way today, God. Prepare the way. And we walk in that confidence. I don't believe in coincidences. When the cashier at the store, when the nurse at the hospital... You know the looks that they have sometimes. They just want to talk to someone. They want that conversation with someone. And God has ordained your steps to put them in your path. And you have to have the confidence to walk through that. We're going to show you a video of what God has been doing in the UK. You're going to see a glimpse of our home church. You're going to see a glimpse of a miracle Spanish work that happened in our city. My husband and I don't speak Spanish We had no idea that was one of those doors that opened. We had no idea it was coming. We have a Spanish extension of over 150 constituents. And God has truly done the miraculous there. You're going to see a couple preaching points. But at the end of this video, there are four towns that are mentioned. We have prayer cards with us this evening. And these are four preaching, uh, four areas that we would like to establish as churches. And this is where we're going to reach next with your help. And if you can throw the prayer slide up of the map. And if you're able to, I'm wondering if you could stand with me. And these are the four unchurched cities that God has strategically put on our heart. The city of Oban, which is the gateway to the islands on the west coast. Stirling, right in the center of Scotland, is the key to the north. In the business world, if you win Stirling, you win the rest of the country. And we're claiming that spiritually. It is a city full of the occult and witchcraft, but we know a strong, a strong force, the light of truth that can break that. The city of Dundee is known in the Celtic language as the Fort of Fire, and we're believing for the fire of the Holy Ghost to fall in that city. And last but not least, up in the east coast of, in Aberdeen, the city of Granite, very rich city with oil refineries and a lot of international wealth going through there but we know that God has bigger plans and we believe for a church that is built on the solid rock to be established there 
We've been traveling since the month of March, and we can stand here today and say that since we have been praying for these four cities, there's been a connection, one, in each of these four cities because we believe in the power of prayer. You might not be able to go to any of these cities or any part of the world, but your prayers can. So at this time, if you can just stretch your hand towards the map and pray for these four cities this evening. God, we thank you tonight, God, for this opportunity to come in your presence here. And God, we lift these cities up to you tonight, oh God. We give you Sterling, Oban, Aberdeen, and Dundee, oh God. You see the thousands of souls, the hungry individuals that are there, Lord. And we pray tonight because we know that as our prayers rise to the heavens tonight, that God, your glory would come down and consume our prayers tonight, Lord. We pray right now for open doors to continue to open. We give praise for the reports that are coming out right now, Lord, of what is already happening. But God, there is so much more that is needed to be done. God, we pray that you would order our footsteps into these communities and cities, God. Give us, Lord God, the people of these cities, Lord, and establish your works there. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just praise him. Praise him tonight for what he's going to do across this world. And here in St. John. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and just thank the Lord one more time. That he's a prayer answering God. Come on, if you really believe he's a prayer answering God, just say, thank you, Jesus. He's answered prayers before. He's touched you in body. He's touched you in life, in mind, in situations. Come on, would you thank him just for a moment? Uh, say, God, I know you're making a way. When there seems to be no way, oh God, uh, you're with us, Lord. You're faithful, Lord, uh, every day. And I'm so thankful for that. Thank you for praying with us tonight and being with us and allowing us to come and share and our heart and our burden, and I appreciate all of you tonight. And I'm so glad to be back here in St. John. Greet all of you. Greet the church tonight, all the guests. If you're here tonight, you're in the right place. This is the place for you. And uh, your life is going to be changed here because you came. Your life is going to be changed. I believe that in Jesus' name. And I want to give honor to Pastor. I call him Pastor because he is my pastor. And uh, you may or may not know that, but he is stepped into uh, our, our pastoral role, and I want to honor Pastor Carter and Sister Carter tonight and just tell them how much we love and we appreciate you and everything that you do for us. And they are a treasure and a joy to us as much as they are to you. And so I want you to, let, I want you to know that they are appreciated all across the world. Amen. Uh, you have the best pastor, and I have the best pastor as well. And I'm so thankful for their leadership and their ministry in our lives. And so, amen. God is good. Somebody say, God is good. I want to turn quickly. I see the time tonight, but I don't want to rush what the Holy Ghost wants to do. How many know the Holy Ghost is yet to do something in this service tonight? I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to chapter Numbers chapter 13, verse 27, and down to verse 33. And while you're turning there, it's going to be up on the screen. If you don't have your Bible tonight, you can follow along with us. Just a little context to this chapter here. This is the chapter that most of us will know of the story of Israel about to receive the promise that was spoken for them from time. 
a promise that was spoken over their lives that they were to receive. And here they are on the other shore waiting for the testimony of 12 spies that went to check that land out. And where we start tonight in verse 27 is the story and the words that they left for the Israelite people. It says it like this in verse 27. And they told him and said, We came to the land whither thou sent us, and surely it flowed with milk and honey. Somebody said the promise is good. And this is the fruit of it. Essentially, here's a taste. But in verse 28, a different tone takes place, and it says, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in this land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, look at these next two words. It says, we saw. Turn to your neighbor just quickly and say, we saw. What did they see? They saw the children of Anak there, the Amalekites in the south, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites. That dwell in the mountain, they saw the Canaanites by the sea and the coast of Jordan. And then verse 30 takes another turn and says, A man named Caleb, one of the twelve, stilled the people, or kind of got their attention, so to speak, and said this. He said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. I wonder if you would allow that word just to ring clear for a moment just before we read further because I want to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight the promises of God are not done. The blessings of God are not finished. The touch of God is not far gone. What He's done, He will do again. What He said He will do, He's about to do. And what He promised, it will happen because the word says it's yea and amen. So can I get an amen to some, from somebody tonight that says, we can go up and get the promises of God. Verse 31 says, the men that went up with him said this, we be not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we. So they brought up this evil report of the land which they searched under the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we've gone to search is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people... That we saw are men of a great stature. And there, here's those words again. We saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Can I say to you that what they saw, they perceived themselves as. And the enemy, they perceived the enemy saw them the same way. As being insignificant. I want to talk to you for the next few minutes. And allow the Holy Ghost just to speak to us. I believe a word of encouragement. But if I can say it this way. I can't believe my eyes. I can't believe my eyes. I grew up in Sunday school. And most of you probably had the same. If you're a guest here. This might be new for you. But I thank God for my Sunday school teachers. One of the songs are. Many of the songs still ring clear in my head. They're probably most of the time while I'm driving down the road with myself and all of a sudden that little tune or, or snippet of a song pops in the back of your head and you start singing this random song that came from out of nowhere. That's what Sunday school teachers did to all the Sunday school kids. Praise God for the teachers. Amen. But one song in particular stuck in my mind and if I could just draw your attention to it tonight was this song and it used to go, it wasn't Father Abraham, but it was another moving song that used to say, be careful, little hands, what you touch. 
Be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little ears, what you hear and be careful, tongue, what you say, and be careful, nose, what you smell. And then it landed on this one that would reflect on the word of God tonight. And it said, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down with love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. And I want to purpose to you tonight that could it not be so that we in our life are the people of God living in a day where he has not yet failed and nor will he ever because the Bible tells us that he is the same yesterday, today and forever. Living in an hour where we are on the cusp of the greatest outpour of the Holy Ghost and, and sensing and hearing of the echoes of these things being done all around us and, and waiting in ourselves for the great anticipation of what God is going to do in us. And while yet all these things are being done and happening around us and some we are tasting them just like the, the nation tasted or heard of the taste of the promised land. We have yet not seen the fulfillment of everything that God has yet to do in us. And so I stand before you tonight to, to simply say to us, be careful what you place your eyes on. Be careful what you see. Because there is a sense that we have to understand uh, when it comes to our vision. Our vision simply, and I'm going to go quick through this just for time's sake, but our vision is simply impactful. If you know anything about anatomy, and there might be a, a nurse here, you can correct me later, but simply when you look upon something, there are nerves and nerve ends that, that begin to impact your body and, and tell you what you are visually seeing. And when it impacts you, it strikes a chord in your, in your life. Number one, oftentimes when we see things that are, are hurtful, it gives us the emotion of, of hurt or fear. When we see something that is done wrong, then it gives us that same or similar emotion or response because we are impacted by what we see. But so it is in our own life when we're walking with Jesus day by day. And all of a sudden when we go through a tough time, we see the tough situation before we see our God. I come to you tonight to tell you the Bible is very clear on how we are, as the people of God are to walk. We are not to walk by sight, but we are called to walk by faith. And God and His promises are laid out before us. And I'm not preaching prosperity, but I am preaching a distinct word because today, while I was praying just for a few moments, the Holy Ghost gave me something that He's about to release in this service and some things that He's about to do in some of us tonight. But can I tell somebody in the house, everything you've been looking at has been in that place just to askew your emotion and askew your purpose and your vision of life. And it maybe has misdirected you. And your step. You see God has got something good. For every one of us individually. But corporately as a body. He's planning some great things. For his church in this hour. And I'm believing tonight. That, that if this word can sink into somebody's spirit. That you'll leave this place saying. I'm going to begin to look a little bit differently. I'm not going to look at the situation. And let it guide my emotion. And take me down a path. That leads me away from the Lord. But I'm going to allow my faith to be the judge and the jury of everything that I see. You see, the Lord had spoken a promise to a nation of Israel. And somehow 12 men got to go across the shores of the River Jordan. 
When they go across, you can only imagine the excitement of these men. Forty days, the Bible tells us they're exploring that land. What are they doing? They're seeing, they're touching, they're talking about it. And they're walking through their promise. There's no distinction about whether it is or is not their promise. It is their promise. It is the promise of the people that are waiting as well. And somehow, while they go through this land, they convince themselves after the first excitement of touching down, they convince themselves that there are people in this land that are bigger than them. Well, history tells us the Jewish people were a little bit short anyway, so probably most people were bigger than them anyways. They just didn't see that good things came in small packages. They saw themselves insignificant. They saw cities that were too big and and they were intimidating. They saw and touched soil that just did not seem like the, the things that they were used to. But yet they forgot in that moment where God had brought them from. You see, they were walking in a wilderness and they were comfortable in the wilderness because God was with them in the morning and with them in the evening and He fed them in the morning and He fed them at night and somehow along the journey when God said, I brought you to the shore of your promise and you're about to go over there and begin to see what I'm about to do while they're walking through the promise. Their eyes tell them, not their faith, Their eyes tell them. The Bible says it very clearly. We saw. And so they allowed to be the very thing what they saw. To lead them away from God's goodness. I'm here to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight, uh, you might be struggling in a sickness. uh, You might be in the middle of a situation. And God is saying, I'm waiting for you to to stop looking at your sickness and wondering how long you're going to be in it. I'm waiting for you to stop looking at the situation and and wonder how long it's going to be a struggle. I'm waiting for you to stop looking at all the hurt you've been through and wondering when the love is going to come. God said, I'm just waiting for you to look unto me. I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. And I want to write your story. But I wonder if you would just put your eyes in the right place. You see, oftentimes we are so human before we are ever spiritual. Yet when God saved us, put His Spirit in us, there was much more purpose than just that moment of Him filling you with His Spirit that was about to be birthed. You see, when He puts His Spirit inside of you, it is not so that it can be contained with inside of you. It is for greater things. I remember many years ago feeling... Uh, like God was going to do something with my life. Every missionary coming to church, and I would feel that heart sick call, God sent me to the world and I'll go reach everybody. I did not know, but I can tell you in 2006 when I stepped down in Scotland, I was going on vacation. And let me be very transparent with you tonight, but when I stepped down into the airport and began to look around, the voice of God spoke to me and said, James, You see these people, I'm calling you to them. Here's what I said to God, just like some of us would. Lord, leave me alone, I'm on vacation. You thought missionaries were holy, I tell you what. We ain't got it all together. Just like some of you are trying to hide behind some of the emotions. You know, I'm telling you, our decisions are always impacted by what we see. Because I said, God, I'm not here to reach people. I'm here to go on vacations. My eyes telling me, relax and take it easy. Enjoy yourself. You've only got two weeks and then it's back to work. The voice of God went quiet. We got in a car. We drove down the street 
2006, we drove to the church. I didn't know that I would be pastoring at that church. I didn't know what God had in store. I walked into that church while my dad went next door to talk to Brother Long, who was in the aim flat next door. And I walked into the sanctuary, leaned on a pillar, and the Holy Ghost met me there in that moment. And God said, James, I, I thought you, would, you said you would do everything that I asked you to do. Was it not you that said you would say yes to every call, to every responsibility that I asked of you? And I said, yes, Lord, I did say that. How come you've turned me away? And I said, God, I won't say no to you if that's what you want me to do. I just got caught up in a little moment of seeing something that really wasn't what God wanted me to see. God was trying to put my eyes on something different. And I can remember very clearly in the Holy Ghost, in that moment, all of a sudden, I began to pray and surrender to God and to the call that He had upon my life. Little did I know that that two weeks was going to be a Holy Ghost move and shift in my life. I didn't know that all the prayers I had prayed all of a sudden would come to fruition in a period of two weeks. And God would order my life and my step and my family and my future all within two weeks because I simply said, God, show me what you want me to see. Show me what you want to do in my life. And in a moment of prayer, Pastor, I can't tell you so clearly, it's so clear in my eyes right now. I closed my eyes and begin to pray and all of a sudden God showed me darkness on both sides when I saw the darkness I said God I can't see and God said just hold on and my eyes began to drift and I saw a light in the middle of the darkness that began to push the darkness aside and when that light began to go lower and lower all of a sudden I heard voices and people and when that light just became clear for a moment in the middle of the darkness on both sides and the light above it all of a sudden I saw people that were raising their hands and it was tongue and nation and they were shouting the name of Jesus and they were declaring that he is Lord and it was cities that were spotted throughout the United Kingdom and then all of a sudden the vision left and God said if you hold on to it, that's what I'll do in your ministry. Can I tell you today, just like any human being would do in a moment where you've experienced something with God or when God has promised to you, you all of a sudden you get excited about it and you get excited about it. But it was years before that would begin to unfold. It was time, but all along the journey, I said to my wife, God showed us something. He's going to do it. And every time we would get to a weak moment, I remember time my body was stricken with, with bumps all over my body. And God says, do you believe in what I'm going to do? I said, I believe. And the bumps were gone and I saw God heal people miraculously in many ways and God said hold on the vision is coming the promise is coming and I'm standing before you today it took many years for that to come to pass 2018 our ministry began to shift in a giant way yes we had seen God to do some things and we were thankful for it and I can look back and say there were times where probably I wasn't as faithful as I should have been but I look back today and I can remember in 2018 when that shift when brother Eli Hernandez prophesied over my wife and I and he said brother Beak when you go back it's happening and can I tell you today that we've gone from ministering to about 40 people in 2015 we have close to a thousand people that we can minister to on a weekly basis why? because God said if you hold on to the promise and if you believe something bigger than what you see then I'll bring to you what you believe for we're called to walk by faith and not by sight 
I tell you this, and this is very personal to me. I know it's online, but I talked to my sister before we came off deputation. Our church has been having a revival, and I'm, I'm happy to report today that the, the pastor called me that's there right now. He said, we have no seats left. We need another service. So we're going to be going to three services on a Sunday now because we don't have any room left, and we're going to be doing other things. And I told pastor about this. I said, pray with us. We know God has got big things in store, and all of it's going to take a step of faith because if I look at it, it's going to scare the living daylights out of me. But if I walk by faith, I know God is going to honor that and respond to that. Can I tell you? Just when Brother Hanson got up here and I felt to share the story, I was not going to share this, but when he said backsliders tonight, I, I, I have to share this story. You see, we came off the field and our church is having revival. And I did not want to come on deputation with my family. I was kind of a little bit rebuffing that and I kind of came off the field with a little bit of an attitude. Yes, I did pray and God did help me straighten that out. But I was a little bit nervous because my sister just had a surgery near the end of January. She had this weird uh, mass of fluid that stuck on her brain. My sister's been out of church for over 18 years. We've been praying for Auntie Rachel. That's who she is to my daughters, and she's Rachel to me, and she's my sister, and we've been praying for her along with my brother who's backslidden as well. And when I came home, I saw my sister for the first time, Pastor, and it, my eyes were distressed. My emotions were awry. Saw my sister, her hair completely gone, and a huge scar down the back of her neck, and she's not able to move her body. She's locked up in a position like this, 37 years old, and, and I'm not making fun of any age if you're in the age zone, but they said that what was affecting her body doubled her age, so she was looking almost like she was in her 70s, and I tell you what, it was stressful for me to even see my sister that way. And I looked at her for a moment, and I said, God, I do not like what I see said those words I told my wife afterwards I said I don't like what I see I left the room where my sister was and I went out into the foyer and began to cry before God and have a little pity party with him and tell him I didn't like what I see and was I waiting for the voice of God I didn't know what he was going to do in that moment but pastor he began to speak to me and he said simply said this he said James I thought you walked by faith and not by sight he said, get back in there and you tell me what you see with your sister. I said, God, I've been praying for her. I want her to come back to the Lord. I want her to come back to you. And I said, I want you to heal her body. But I'm just emotional right now. And God said, if you have faith, get back in there and tell me what you see. I walked back in the room and there's a little pillar where my sister's couch and living room is. And I stood by it with my eyes watered up a little bit. And, and I closed my eyes. But you see, some situations, if you're going to let faith just have its way, you can't look at it. You've got to close your eyes. And, and you've got to pray about it and speak that word of faith. Uh, get the distraction out of you, so to speak. And I closed my eyes and I simply just said, I said, God, I see right now in faith. you refilling my sister with the Holy Ghost. And I believe that you're going to heal her body progressively as she comes back to you. You see, our family had been praying because we, we knew that she was suffering and, and we knew we wanted her to get back and we didn't know if this was just something she had to face so she can come back to the Lord. We didn't know what was happening in the situation. We didn't know if she was going to get better. They weren't giving her long to live. Uh, but can I tell you, just after we had been here, a week later we're preaching with Brother Trail and in walks my sister on a Sunday morning. I did not know she was coming, but I kind of got overjoyed and excited. I said, oh my, the Word of God is going to be preached 
today. And when the Holy Ghost began to move in the altar call, God said, get over there and pray with your sister. Walked over. My sister was already weeping in the second row. She had got there with her cane. Her hand shakes violently because she has no muscle movement except just very shaky through her body. And so she's shaking in the seat and she can't move her body. She's all stiff. And all of a sudden, the, the Holy Ghost said, pray for her. I prayed for her and all of a sudden, she was refilled with the Holy Ghost right there. And I rejoiced in the Lord in that moment. And while I was rejoicing, God said, look. Look what your faith has done. And while she's speaking in tongues, my sister stood up. She's not been able to stand up in three years. And without a single shake in her hand, if you meet my sister today, she has no shake and she has no cane. She barely walks with the thing because her body is being strengthened. And God healed her neck there as a, a memorial of the faith that I believe. And her neck began to move like this. And she realized what God was doing. And I said, sister, that's what my faith was believing for. God did that because I believed he was able to do that. And he healed her body. Can I tell you today, they're not saying my sister's going to die, but I'm believing that she's going to live. And much more than that, she's going to live for the Lord. I'm here to encourage somebody. There's some things that God wants to do for you, and they might be a little bit down the road, but get your eyes off the things that says it's not going to happen. Get your eyes off that thing that's going to cast out and begin to say in faith, I believe for revival. I believe for the, I believe for the lost ones to come back. You know what's so sad in the story that we read today? I could go through it. I could preach a lot longer on this. But can I tell you tonight, the nation turned themselves away from the promise of God because ten men convinced them with words. With words. You know what the Bible says about your faith? It's not visual. It says when faith cometh, it cometh by hearing. By hearing of the word. Yes, that's the word of God. But here's the thing. They heard a word of doubt. So can doubt sow a seed in your spirit as well. When you get that doubt and negativity around you and somebody's telling you, I don't believe God's able to heal you. I don't believe God's going to save your family. I don't believe God's going to change your, your situation. You need to remove those things and don't let those seeds get in your spirit and impact you because there's something great that's about to happen. Something good that's about to come your way and you need to remove those things. Let the word of God soak in your spirit. They let a word change their destiny and a whole nation died. But who were the two that came back? Two faithful came back. We know their names, Joshua and Caleb. The only two. If you have faith, you'll see the promise. They got turned around because a nation moved them out of the way of that promise. But God said, I'll bring you back if you have faith for it. Joshua and Caleb came back to those shores, and guess what, what Caleb said when he got back up in the mountains? He said, I saw the same sons of Anak. It was Anak. If you look in the Bible, I don't have time for all of it, but can I tell you, you look in the Bible, you can see he saw the sons of Anak, the giants that were the giants before. And what did he say? Give me my mountain. You're on the wrong land, son. You're in the wrong place. That's my promise. That's my land. That's, my, that's what God has for me. And he went out and he took them out. See, some of us are letting what we see dictate how we believe. Think about Philip. I won't believe unless I see. I put my hand in his hand and my hand in his side. I won't believe it. And Jesus said, well, now you, you believe because you saw. But blessed are those who believe and have not seen. 
Your faith is tied to the unseen things. That's why Hebrews 11 tells us all those wonderful stories of the patriarchs and, and tells us of all the things that, that they saw. But here's the first two words of that chapter. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. What is it saying? They obtained their, their promise because they believed for it. And it may not have come overnight, but they just kept on believing. But it was now faith. And I'm here to tell somebody, you might be going through some things, you might be facing some things, and you might even leave tonight, maybe a bit challenged in your spirit, but I encourage you just to get some now faith. Even if you have to look at that situation, it might be nagging you like something that's in the back of your mind. It might be sitting on your shoulders like a weight tonight. It might be sickness in your body, but I wonder if you would get a bit of Holy Ghost boldness tonight and say, I'm going to close my eyes out. I'm not going to see the situation, but I'm going to see the healer I'm going to see my deliverer I'm going to see my God who is greater than all of these things and he's going to help me to get to the place I need to be I don't know about you but I know God has got some things in store would you stand with me tonight I could preach much more I'm going to blame my wife for taking all the time tonight but I feel just to say this in the Holy Ghost this is what God spoke to me James, if you can get them to believe in faith. And if they walk out of this place with faith, their life is about to change. That's what the Holy Ghost said to me tonight. If I can get you just to believe in faith and have faith that God is for you and not against you. That he's working all things out, not for my good, not for my good, for the good. He's working all things out for the good of your life. If you can get your eyes on Jesus and not your eyes on the problem. If you can get your eyes on the future and begin to see that there is a harvest of souls. There is revival. I tell you what, my soul is so stirred for, for revival across the country, the United Kingdom. And I'm going to see it when we go back. I tell you, I'm not trying to get eased into the, the shores of Scotland. I've already told my wife, we're hitting the ground running. Let's go and have some church. And can I tell you, these four cities we prayed for. We've already baptized one in Aberdeen. And God used four different people. We prayed only with churches on death. We've not even told the churches back in the UK we're praying for these cities yet. God said, you pray on deputation and then bring it back to the people. While we've been on deputation, we've already had a pastor from Louisiana go and baptize a man that he taught a Bible study in the city of Aberdeen. And the Lord spoke this. I'm going to let a, a river and an anointing flow. I, I feel it. I'm going to let it flow from Aberdeen all the way down. And there's an oil of my spirit that's about to fall on the land of Scotland. Why? It might be that one man. I don't know. He might come from some kind of weird background. He might come from some kind of weird place that doesn't look good to me. But my faith tells me, hey, go and see what the Lord has done. Go and believe that God has got something that greater things are going to come I want some of you to begin to think tonight uh, just think about Peter when Peter was about to go minister to Cornelius if he didn't get his eyes on the right thing and the Holy Ghost said hey stop looking at those things like they're unclean I, I'm about to you're, you're going to meet some new people this week and there's some people in this room that need you to love Jesus more than you've been doing lately and there's some people in here that need you to have faith more than you've been having lately can I tell you this get your eyes on the Lord and stop looking looking at people differently there's people he loves just like he loves you Amen. 
I can get you to believe tonight in faith that God is for you. And if you can leave this place tonight knowing that God is on your side, your walk and your relationship. I, I even heard the voice of God say, ministries are about to change. The dynamic of your walk is about to change if you can just say, God, I need to see with my eyes, but I'm not going to believe what my eyes tell me. But I'm going to let my faith be the guide. That means when I have a decision, I put God in the middle of it. When I've got something that's troubling me, God, what do you see? God, what are you telling me? God, what do you need me to look at right now? Lord, I'm not going to look at the way that I've been looking at. Just in case you're wondering if you don't have enough faith or you can't do it, the Bible says, I've given to every man a measure of faith. And that means saved and unsaved. I believe that firmly. You know why? Because if you made your way into this house tonight, whether you believe it or not, it was your faith that brought you here. But I ask you this in the Holy Ghost. What did you see when the Holy Ghost brought you here? And what did you believe for, for God to do? Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.